We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you ready for rapid fire? Is it time? Are we Let's there? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes, sir. No time like the present. No, I love it. We've got so much juiciness in rapid yeah. fire wrong. today. So let's start with another Marcus Freeman soundbite. He was asked at the end of his press conference Saturday about the possibility that Drew Pine, you know, could he return to the team if Pine changes his mind about transferring? And here is what Marcus Freeman said. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't. I just know sometimes that happens. Uh, they do, you know, they, they get out there and they have regrets and they catch them back. If that road, if that decision comes, um, we'll, we'll look at that situation. If, uh, if that comes up in the future, we'll look at each uh, situation um, independently. But if that happens, we'll look at and see is this what's best for our program and for, for that individual. You know, we'll look at it on an individual basis. So what do you think, Vince? I'm trying to be <laughs> professional. I know. I know. But sometimes, I mean, it's 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 like, you, you know, they always told the kids in school there's no such thing as a bad question. <laughs> Sorry, that's not true. And I've told my students that. That is not true. And it's not true in the media either. Okay. <laughs> I will give Marcus Freeman a lot of credit for the way he answered that question because you could see the look on his face that he wanted to be like, what are you talking about? Why are we even having this conversation right now? Look, Marcus Freeman doesn't tap dance much. No. And, and he doesn't word salad very often. Agreed. But what he did there, and again, like looking at his face when he was answering that and just like, you could see his, uh, like his eyes kind of started moving back and forth a lot more than they usually move back and <laughs> forth. It's like, how am I going to answer this di diplomatically? That's yeah. what he was trying to do. Answer it as diplomatically as possible. Because again, even though the kid's not the program anymore, he's still not going to throw the guy under the bus, which right. he very easily could have done in that situation. Correct. And I'm sorry if I'm the head coach and Drew Pine told me he wanted to transfer, which, by the way, I fully anticipated would be the case after the bowl game. I did. I thought that he was probably going to put his name in the portal. Okay? So it's the timing of it. We've talked about that a hundred times. 
But if a kid tells me he's going to transfer, good luck. Like, right. thanks for all you've given us. Good luck in the future. This is a one-way street. I'm sorry. Now, remember, like, you know, he could have brought up Houston Griffith. Remember, like, when Freeman came in, Houston that's, was going to transfer. That's true. And, you, and Freeman, I believe, played a big part in talking him oh, into staying. Huge. So, huge part. I remember right. that. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, that that does, you know, back up what was being asked there. Sometimes guys do change their mind. I just think that in this specific situation, <laughs> knowing what we know that yeah. we're not going to fully elaborate on, but knowing what we know, the way this was handled, that bridge has been burnt. That's never, oh, it's yeah. never coming back. It's he's never coming back. No, no. And I mean, you can look at it a lot of different ways. Like his announcement. Kovic might have a better chance of walking back in the door right now than Drew Pine. Seriously. I, you know, you saw all these guys, you know, declaring for the draft and uh, talking about transferring, right? <clears throat> and they were all on the nice Notre Dame, like, background with the pictures. And it was a, a processed media snapshot, right? And if I'm not mistaken, Drew Pines was written in his iPhone notes, screenshotted and tweeted out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that is the definition of a rash decision, number one. And number two, it, you know, again, like you said, that that bridge has been burnt. Like that, there's no coming back to a burnt bridge yeah. at that point. And so while I think Drew is making the right decision, you know, all in all, I do think that just the timing is terrible and I think he kind of ticked off a lot of people. Now that's me. That's what I think happened. I, I haven't gotten any word on that, but I, you know, it, it's just, he's Wouldn't this be back. something as Gavin? What, what if he ended up going to Boston college? They need a quarterback right now. They do. They absolutely do. Ah, that would be great. You know I mean, what? That probably that wouldn't be a terrible spot for him. Find out how spoiled he was with the offensive line that he had in your team. Say, the only, that's the only reason it's not Ooh. a good place for him because mm -hmm. he would die. He would die. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Phil Jakovic was at least, you know, physically, physical stature a little bit more. But I think it was Brooks and Dunn. We'll burn that bridge when we get there. <laughs> you know, and that bridge has already been burnt. They already got there and they kept on moving. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fill in the blank. Marcus Freeman said Saturday there will be no more opt-outs or transfers for Notre Dame before the Gator Bowl. That means left guard Jarrett Patterson 
who is out of remaining eligibility after this season, will play in the bowl game. And that is blank. Awesome. It's, it's freaking awesome. I love that. I, I Again, I come at this from a very old school sentimentality about finishing the season, finishing what you started. I had one of my kids today, my actual children, tell me, well, if I sign up and I don't like it, I could just stop going. You're like, no. I, I My exact words to him were, you're a Diderio. You sign up for something, you finish it. <laughs> Okay. Right. And that's how I, that's how I've always felt about everything. You know, now do I blame, you know, Michael Mayer? You might not have to play or do it next year, but you've got to do yes. it this year. You at least as have to finish what you signed up for. Right. You know what I mean? You're not going to quit right. in the middle, you know? And again, I don't blame Mayer and Foskey. I don't in any way, but I'm still super excited about the fact that Jared Patterson is sticking around. And I, yeah. I, that's what I would tell my kid to do. Dude, finish what you started with your team. Right. If you get hurt, then that's God's plan for you, right? Go out and play the game. Jarrett Patterson has had a bad foot all season. He obviously missed, missed a game. And guy's been walking around in a walking boot on campus like during the week to protect that foot. And, you know, it's like he he gimps around. And, you know, and it's cold out there, obviously. Yeah. Right now you can slip on anything, you know. But it's like this guy, the, despite – what people the, the opinion I think people form because he got ticked off at the end of the Marshall game. I'd rather see him ticked off than yeah. not ticked off. I mean, you want to see him stay on the field with his team, but still, I'd rather see him ticked off than not ticked off about that result. But so through everything, he's played hurt all year long, and he is an NFL caliber offensive lineman. He's going to be drafted at some point, probably yeah. a day three guy someplace, but. You know he's going to be drafted. He's going to be on an NFL roster next year, and the fact that he's playing is huge. I think you know. Now again, there were some other guys who potentially you know who had a little bit of experience. They could have plugged in there, but I, I think the, the the fact that he's back again. When you look at like you talk about culture and foundation and all these different things that you're trying to do going forward i think that it's nothing but good for your program to have a guy like him having gone through what he went through yeah. this year and is apparently still going through to go out there and say you know i'm not going to opt out i'm going to play in the bowl game i'm going to stick it out to the end yep absolutely like i said i you know every situation is unique obviously uh i just come from a different school of thought i would want to finish the season that i started with my yeah. my teammates and crystal i completely agree she says, I, get it. I agree, unless millions are on the line and you were playing in the Gator Bowl at that point, you make a business. I have no problem. You know, right. And that's what that's what Michael Mayer and Isaiah Foskey did. But the difference sure. between them, you know, especially Michael Mayer right. and where Jarrett Patterson is likely to get drafted. Like Patterson could be a third round guy still. Sure. I, you know, like there's a lot of draft process to go through, but still. There's, I think the end of the first round is like $9 million or something like that. Whereas once you get to the third round, <laughs> there's not nearly sure. as much on the line, you know? So you're, you're, you're talking about a difference in millions. I, I totally get it. I mean, if I'm guaranteed, if my son's guaranteed to be a first round draft pick, that's a conversation we're absolutely having. Right. No doubt about it. Right. It, you know, like I said, I just, it's hard for me. And, you know, five years ago, this wasn't even a thing. You know what I mean? Five, six, seven years ago, this wasn't even a thing of opting out, really. You know, you and know? it's well, and like it, I don't think it necessarily started with Jalen Smith. I think there were some LSU players, it seemed like, who were kind of like the more high profile guy. But obviously, like the Jalen Smith 
thing, even though he says if he had to, to do all over again, he would still play. I mean, that's a guy who literally could have been the number one overall pick, yeah. but he gets fortunate that Jerry Jones threw him a life preserver and even drafted him in the second round and then turned that into a big contract a couple of years later, even though his play rapidly declined after that. But that's a guy who, you know, like prime example right there of a guy who, because of that injury, millions and millions of guaranteed dollars were lost. Yeah. There was no guarantee he was going to get that second contract. He's very fortunate that he did. But for anybody, like that's your, 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 you talk about life changing money. It's like Absolutely. generations for your family of yeah. money. Yep. It's on the line. Yep. No doubt about that. Vince, which is the bigger whiff? Notre Dame football not adding a transfer quarterback last offseason or Notre Dame men's basketball not adding a transfer big man this past offseason? I realize the people in this chat are probably going to disagree with me, but I'm going to go with the basketball team. And here's my reasoning. With the football team, you know, they had all their eggs in the Tyler Buckner basket, and I get it. Right. He's, I, from all accounts, he could be a really good player. He could be. Right. Yeah. And he was there on your roster. They didn't have anybody on the roster for the basketball team that got right. hurt. You know what I mean? They didn't have that guy. That guy does not exist. And if anybody's going to say Matt Zona, that's probably not. <laughs> I mean, Matt Zona looks like he could be on the United States curling team. Okay. If that gives you an idea of what Matt Zona looks like. He he got in the game at the end of the Marquette game. It was like, ooh, Matt Zona. Whew, dad bod. So yeah. it was a situation of they didn't even have a big man on the roster. So they're getting beat up on the inside. And Marquette was a beautiful example of that. And I'm not even talking about like a big, thick, big man. Like they just had a big, long, big man. And he just right. he ate up the Irish on the inside. and. They had no answer for that. None. So and I it wasn't just it one. The they Young gave through. up 50 points in the paint yesterday. <laughs> yeah. 50 yes. points in the paint to bad. Marquette. 63% of the points Marquette scored were in the paint yep. yesterday. They and like you rebound. Go back to, yeah. You go back to the Syracuse game. 34 of the 62 points Syracuse scored were in the paint. That is, and you know, those are the two better teams that they've played so far. You know, I don't, I don't care about St. Bonaventure. I'm talking about big conference teams. There's still yeah. a lot of good basketball teams that they've got to play this season. And especially as Mike Bray leans on the experience and being old and all this stuff. Now, obviously I have no idea what was out there on, on right. I don't you know, in, in the portal and all, you know, what was available, but you've got to bring in some kind of viable body even if it's just a defense, you know, just to play a little defense, just to occupy mm -hmm. a little space in that paint, because they are getting killed right now. Because all they've had is Lashesky, who who obviously you know is more that stretch four kind of guy, and then Ben Allen Lubin, and neither one of them, nobody is giving them any presence in the paint. Yeah, right now. Ben Allen Lubin is not a paint killed. guy. He's not. No. He's not a paint guy. And, and but he's their biggest paint? body other right. than Lashesky. And frankly, Leshevsky's not a paint guy either. He's a no. top of the key guy, and he's exactly. a corner three guy. Like that's that's who Nate Leshevsky is. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And they're, they're basically, I mean, they're basically starting four guards and a forward. I mean, that, that's basically what they're starting. And 
look out for that team that's got a couple of bigs because Notre Dame's not going to have an answer, and they didn't have an answer yesterday. And that game was over early. Notre Dame got into foul trouble early because they were trying to be physical down low, and they were just getting – I mean, I I can't find it right now. I was kind of looking for it. Like the and one situations for Mm -hmm. for Marquette were off the charts because they were just manhandling Notre Dame in the paint. It it was – you know, like I said, Notre Dame got into foul trouble. I thought the fouls were a little bit ticky-tack, and they were calling a lot of them on Notre Dame. It was like 9-2 to two at one point or something along those lines, and I think that just got them out of their rhythm, and they could just never really get back to their offensive rhythm. And then on the defensive side, they just there was nothing they could do. Yeah, they're calling those hand checks this yeah. year. It's, yeah. it's I think it's ugly when they start calling that because you take everybody out of their yes. flow. But that's the way they're calling it. You got to do it. But you know, as as to the you know the quarterback thing, we've talked about this before. They would have brought in a quarterback if it was a quarterback who was willing to compete for the job Correct. with Tyler Buckner. Good who call. Didn't, who didn't want to be anointed? So, you know, I I still stand by. I think they might they made the right decision for this team because, as you said, they had Tyler Buckner. They thought Buckner was the guy. They could have brought in a transfer. The guy, you know. JT Daniels, the guy they talked to, didn't want to compete. He wanted to have the job, and now he's moving on to his fourth school. Which so is nuts, yeah, nuts that you can do that. Nuts. Yep. <sighs> Stymie says he likes Bray. Does change with the times. He's playing two freshmen that never would have happened before. They tried, but they couldn't land a transfer. And it's you know, again, I you know, I don't know exactly what was available in the transfer portal, but there were a lot of transfer portal. You know, they're, they're just like, it, it's it's like it, the average is like three players per team go in the portal every offseason right. across basketball on the men's and women's side. There had to be someone you could, you know, a warm body, again, you could bring in just to play, just to have some kind of defensive presence in there. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I, and I, you know, I'm, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't really say that Mike Bray has changed with the times. I mean, I, he's always been a four guard, you know, one biggish guy, you know, offensive guy. He's always had a short bench. Yes, he's playing freshman. He I honestly think choice. he's been ahead of the times because, of, you know, his three point approach, yeah. like his, his team was three point reliant before the rest of the world and Steph Curry made it popular, you know, to be three point reliant before analytics took right. over. You know that's that's what his teams were. They you know they were always that's very true. three point reliant, live and die by it, and all that kind I'll of thing. That. But it's it's just I th- I think the recruiting cycles have caught up with them these last couple of years because you've yeah. got to have some kind of you've got to have some kind of somebody's got to be ready to go in terms of a post type player where yes. they are right now, and they just they don't have that right now. No, they don't. Nope. And. You know, like uh, the other part of that as well is when you look at this this team big picture is you've got all these fifth year guys. What if they had decided not to come back? What would this roster even look like? One, they've been together for five years now, and that's how they're playing most of the time. But two, what would you know? You would have had to go out and take like five Mac kids <laughs> to come fill out the roster if those guys yeah. hadn't come back. Well, it's gonna it, honestly, it's gonna be rough next year because those guys are out of eligibility you know yeah. and that's what i'm thinking about next year what's going to happen that's then it's going to be rough you're going to have a lot of new faces because clearly he does not believe in those guys that have been sitting on the bench for the last 2 to 3 years yeah 
you know? So, cause he's bringing, he's, he's recruiting over them, right? He obviously doesn't believe in him because he's recruiting over them. Yeah. So, you know, those, why would those guys stick around? Get your degree and get the heck out. Like there's no reason for uh, Matt Zona to stick around. Uh, gosh, I can't think of their name. Number 12. He, he's the same age as Zona. I can't remember his name and that's terrible. Yeah. Uh, but there's a couple well, of we guys. we don't get to see him, so. Right. Well, yeah, and and they've been recruited over, right? You brought in Wesley last year, and you brought in these two guys this year. They're getting recruited over, so why would you stick around? Yeah. Um, Crystal wants it. Well, I'll save this here for just a, a minute. But uh, fill in the blank. Speaking of women's basketball, Notre Dame women's basketball adding five-star guard. I just bit. The lower part of my tongue. Let me start. Or my, uh-huh. Let me start this over again. Fill in the blank. Notre Dame women's basketball adding five-star guard Cassandra Prosper at midseason is blank. I think it's great for the team if she can help them right away. But you're already talking about a top-five team that she must be really thinking good if she's going to be able to help the team right now. Uh, a top-five team. It's not like they're a bottom feeder and they just need all the help they can get. And. It almost felt a little bit like that when they brought in Olivia Miles. I don't want to say they were a bottom feeder. That's exaggerating, right? Well, but, but they, they were they were struggling well. that they, year. Yes. Yeah. They were not playing well. Right. And the only pushback I would have is when Olivia Miles came in, it was a free year. Come on in. Like, get free your feet wet. Yeah. Let's, let's go. And you're going to be a freshman next year. I mean, this is basically free basketball. That's not the case this time around from what I understand. I'll let you kind of take it from here. But for me, I don't know that I would want that to be my freshman year. You're coming in right in the middle of the ACC season, basically. That's a tough – that's tough if you're a freshman. Yeah, it is. And to me, the biggest question is, as good as you think they might be, it's still a freshman. And you're adding that freshman to the mix. They're nine games into the season right now, plus the the practices – that they had for over a month before the season started and all that stuff. And summer so and all that. How stuff. you, yeah. How you, cause like even Olivia miles as great as she is right now, it took her some time to kind of, now that whole team was, was kind of out of sync, you know, because again, it's kind of like you had parts, but the parts didn't all necessarily blend together and you had some players transfer out, you know, and again, I know that that kind of, you know, ruffled some fans feathers and stuff like that. Trust me, the, the transfers out, you know, in terms of like cohesion and what you're seeing right now, I think that that you're probably better off with, you know, those those early transfers from after that first year. But as you know, as to prosper, you know, so so how they how a player is able to mesh like that midseason, to me, that is a big question. But you look at her, she's six foot two, she's a six-two guard. She, you know, so she's longer than any of the guards they have. Like Sonia Citron is six foot one and Miles is like six foot tall. So she's even taller than both of them. She can slash a little bit more. I saw a video. She can actually dunk the basketball on a regulation. Wow. Goal. So like if that tells you anything. It tells me a lot. You know, so she's got some skill. She's got a skill set that they think. And, you know, again, like watching her and seeing this team. She's got a different skill set that they don't necessarily have on the team right now. How that meshes and how that gels, that's what I want to know. And then just what you said, this is different from Olivia Miles because Miles came in in the middle of the COVID year. Mm -hmm. She got that, just like everyone in the nation, 
they let these transfers come in because their high school seasons were canceled. So yeah. they said, well, the colleges are playing. You can come in. You'll be a freshman this year. You'll still be a freshman next year. So you basically got a freshman and a half season. Mm-hmm. And so where, you know, so Olivia Miles was a freshman for a year and a half. That's not going to happen with Candace Prosper. This is going to be her freshman season of eligibility. She'll burn an entire year of eligibility by playing this year. And then next year is basically her sophomore season of eligibility. So, and as, as Sparks pointed out, she is a five-star, one of a handful of five-stars in this recruiting class. She is very good. They think she's the kind of player that can really put them over the top in terms of like, you know, the, the question that uh, Crystal, I think it was Crystal, wasn't it? Yeah. Who wins the, a title first women's basketball, the football team um, hmm. based on the amount of talent that Neil Ivy is stacking right now, yeah. because miles and Citron are both sophomores. And then now you're bringing in Cassandra prosper. And then, you know, these other players that they've got coming in in this 2023 class as well, they're they're stacking talent over there, and they're going to be back in some Final Fours at the very least very soon. Well, and I honestly, you know, I've I've actually watched a lot of the women's games. Obviously, you've watched them all, uh, but I I mean, they could make a run this year. I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to go out and win the national championship, right? But they could make a run. I mean, they've got some really, really good pieces to this team. They've got a, they've got bigs. They've got really good guards. They, you know, uh, I really I've liked Maddie Westbelt since she was a freshman doing her thing. Uh, you know, this team has talent, and they've got depth, and they've got a really good coach. You know, and I, I just, if I had to pick one or the other, I would pick the women because I think that they are more stacked and ready to go right now as opposed to the football team. I yeah. mean. It would not surprise me if they made a run at it this year. It really no, that's wouldn't. what I was going to say. Like, if this works out the way they think it could, yeah, they'll at least be in the final four. And once you get there, then you, you know you take your shot with whatever you get. And Absolutely. I think, I think the next, you know, the next three years with Miles and Citron and and Prosper there, and again the the players that they're bringing in afterwards and everything else they've they've got around them, they're they've got a really good shot. So. It's going to be fun to watch. It is. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Vince, what do you think about Navy's decision to part ways with Ken Niamatololo? I think it's one of the most ridiculous. Like, that's what I read, and I was like, what? Like, that one blew my mind. What are they thinking? What is Navy thinking? When you are in a position of leadership, okay, and you have an opportunity to replace someone on your staff, whether it's a coach, whether it's a somebody on your your advertising team or whatever, right? If you're going to get rid of somebody, you better have somebody better to bring in. Show me who's going to be a better fit at Navy than Ken Niamatololo, who's been at Navy for 25 years total as an assistant and as a head coach. Show me somebody that's better. Yes, there it has not gone well for them the last couple of years. I get and it. That's, that's the thing. I mean, you know, the, I get it. Three straight losing seasons, here's, four of the last the five thing. years losing seasons. All the good teams in this conference are leaving and they're being replaced with garbage. So whoever takes over is gonna have a better record regardless. That's the bigger that's the bigger thing for them. the and, and having um I believe his name um 
I don't want to say his name because I don't want to say the name wrong, but the Navy guy that I, his first name is escaping me. I know his, I believe it again. I don't want to say his name because I don't want to say it wrong, but I talked to him a lot over the years. And I remember kind of in the early days, like when they first moved to the AAC, the, the, the American, like he thought that that was a, a big mistake, you know, not like within the first couple of years, but like year three, yes. you know, they've only had winning records in four of the eight years they've been in the American. And most of those winning records were early on when they transitioned Bad out move. as these te- as they've been in a conference and teams see you year in and year out, they get more familiar with what you're doing and it gets a little bit easier for them to play you on a yearly basis. And I, I think that that has had a huge impact on what they've done. So I Agreed. think, I think the conference thing is the biggest, you know, that's, that's, that's had the biggest impact on where Navy is. And now, I know they also used they they were getting and this was kind of more at the peak of when things were going on, you know, like in Iraq and Afghanistan and those kind of things. So you had more people, you know, sort of anxious and eager to go into the academies and serve that, you know, sure. do those kind of things like they were getting a higher level of skill, you know, like the, the, the halfbacks, the slot backs and those, you know, the quarterbacks as well. They were getting a higher caliber of player at those positions than they're getting right now as well. And I, and I think kind of as some of those things have worn off, they're, they're not getting those same kind of guys. It seems like. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And so that's fallen off a little bit. And I just think the, the triple option is a, is, is a, a pill to prepare for when you don't see it very often. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we talked about, I remember you and I having this conversation when Navy went into the conference, we're like, they're going to see this team every single year and they're it's not going to be good for Navy. They need an independent schedule where they can schedule teams, maybe a home and away. And then you don't see that team again for a few years. Like they, that's what they need. Now you can have a couple of every year teams. Obviously you're going to play army every year. You're going to play air force every year. You're going to play Notre Dame every year, but you know, Air Force and Army know what they're getting with you because they do the same thing for the most part, okay? Everybody else, though, the rest of your schedule needs to be different teams every year if you're Navy. They just do. yeah. And if they want to be successful. And I I get maybe financially that they don't want to, but you're run by the government. You're going to be fine financially. Like you're, There's no chance that Navy is going to be packing in the athletic program, okay? It's never going to happen. That's right. right. You should be an independent. You don't need to be in a conference. You should be an independent, and that will help your football agree. program. Yep, I completely agree. I think that's the biggest mistake that they made. Let's just nominate Keith Kinder to uh, hey, to, to take that job. They could do a lot worse. I mean, I absolutely agree. They could Heck do a lot, lot worse. worse. I mean, I, you know, I, I just, I felt like Ken is a good person. He felt like I, I don't know him personally. But it just felt like he was a good fit at Navy. And yeah. I just, are you going to be able to go out and find somebody better? I just don't know that you will. I agree. And especially like, you know, I saw in one of the articles, you know, there's no necessarily guarantee that you're going to continue to run the triple option True. going forward. I would think that you would at that kind of, you know, again, because it's, it's a nullifier. It's I an mean, equalizer. It, equalizer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because yep. you're you're not getting the same caliber. If you're going to play at the Division One level, you're not getting yeah. the kind of players that Ohio if State you, and Notre Dame are getting. If you just try to line up 
and go toe to toe with some of the teams that are going to be on your schedule, you're going to lose those games. I mean, yeah. it's just, that's just not possible. And the offensive linemen that Navy's going to bring in are not going to be six, seven, six, eight, you know, three, 10, three, 20. Like that's just not who's going to fit in a sub. Like yeah. that's not, you know, that's just not how it's going to I work. Mean, if, if you put them even in the Mac and they were running just a traditional offense, they're going to get smoked. Yeah. It's just, you have to have, and that's why, that's why they run triple option in the first place. Right. Because it's an equalizer. Yep. Okay, last question, Vince. Did you see the video this past weekend from the high school? It was a state championship high school football game. The running back is tackled at like the one-yard line, but they call it a touchdown on the field, and it stood. And the team that scored this supposed touchdown ends up winning the state championship as a result. So my question to you is what this says about the state of officiating right now. Okay, first of all, once again, your questions cause me to look things up <laughs> and to be surprised about various things. So you right? hadn't seen this yet? Nope, <laughs> had not seen it, but I looked it up when I saw the question. So I'm doing my research these days. Okay, that's tires. good. That's good. Oh my goodness it's not even close it's and there there i found one it's an embarrassment i i found a a view down the line that was behind the line judge okay uh, i can't remember where i found it at but it was it was i think it was on tiktok actually but it was behind the line so you could see what he was seeing okay not even close like a full yard short and he runs in to get a better view, and then throws his hands in the air. That's yeah. a touchdown. Yeah, it and that is a guy that made the ground. It, he made it to the state championship as a referee. And See, that's was, what I want to know. How does an official whoa. like that? Because once you get into the playoffs, it's supposed to be the better officials who are getting these bigger games every week, right? Like you get rated. Yes, the better officials get the games. How does this guy work a state Ooh. championship game? It's woof. it's awful. Woof, dude. Like, woof. And I realize there's a shortage out there, but if you can't find five officials to do your state championship game that are actually good, I'm sorry. That's on the Georgia High School Athletic Association or whatever they call themselves down there. That was a woof. terrible, terrible, terrible call. And where's the other four officials? They're like, dude, I know. you're wrong. No like, one is going to overrule this guy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, everybody in the stadium knew that that was not a touchdown because nobody, like, there was a couple of linemen that were like, yeah, it's in. But like the, the fans didn't think it was it. Nobody thought that that was a touchdown. No, well, there was one. And I forgot that you didn't do games with me this year because I was thinking of this. And it's like, oh, yeah, Vince and I saw this. And it's like, no, Vince wasn't with me. <laughs> but I think I sent you this video. We were down at Warsaw. And this Warsaw kid takes a handoff. And he gains maybe a yard or two. But he falls, like, flat on his face. I don't even think I he was saw really the replay, though. tackled. Yeah. So he's like, his stomach... His whole, you know, like knees, everything is, you know, all of his appendages are down on the field. He falls flat down and there's official, an official standing maybe five or 10 yards away to the side. And this kid just gets up from about the 20, 25 yard line and runs to the end zone 
and they call it a touchdown. But half the Mishawaka team had stopped because it was obvious. It's a high school game. He doesn't even have to be touched. He's down. He falls flat. The official's standing right there looking at it. He gets up, runs to the end zone, touchdown. And it's like, this is what you see. And we have seen this, unfortunately, for a long time in, in these high school games. It's like, I just, I don't know, Vince. And, you know, and I realize like a, within the last five or six years, there have been a lot of like the, the better NFL officials who have retired. And then when you get that, that means that you're bump, like guys are moving on from college to the pro ranks, which means that some height, you know, the better high school guys are, are moving up. Like I remember back when I was doing Notre Dame baseball games, there is a guy in the area who was Mm -hmm. one of the, he was like probably the best, if not, you know, at least one of the best, if not the best high school umpire in the area. But when he bumped up and he was doing college games, there was a very distinct Mm -hmm. difference in the quality of his work compared to the guys he was working with. I think I know who you're talking about. And I agree with you. He would do midweek games, right? Yeah. It wasn't conference games that he was doing, but it was midweek games. Right. And I agree. And and there is a big difference when you step up. And there's, there's supposed to be. I mean, the playing is faster. It's better. The officials have to be faster and better. They they just do, and there is a lack of officials, and I get that. But when you're at the highest level, which the state championship game in your state should be the highest level, you need to do a better job of that. And I I honestly I blame the other four officials just as much as I blame the guy who called it a touchdown because yeah. it is your job as a officiating crew to get that right. And I don't care where you were stationed as an official, whether you're a line judge, a back judge, the white hat, whatever. That kid was short by a lot. You got to get it right. You have to get that right. You have to. See, more most important game most of those kids are ever going to play in in their life, and you just screwed it up yes. for on just a horrible call, just because you can't do your job. Like right. those officials, and this is what irks me because like people would say, well, they're high school officials or they're, you know, whatever. Other than the coaches, they're the only guys out there getting paid. Players aren't getting paid. Right. To play in those games. Not high school. So high school officials are, are getting paid. And I assume once they get into the playoffs, they're making a little bit more for, for a game than they're making for just a regular game during the season. And if they're yeah. not, I but mean, still they're think. getting paid. Right. And that's my ultimate point. They're getting paid. Do your job. Right. That's, what it comes down to. Right. And no, it was not Bill Sharp. I saw the question in there. The guy I was just talking about, it was not Bill Sharp. All right, Vincenzo. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. Woo. You got a lot of Christmas duties the rest of the week, huh? I do. I got. I have to decorate the house at some point outside. We could probably do that tomorrow. And then I have to. I, oh, I, that's I, right. You do the outside lights, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. So we, we got to do that. And then Wednesday, I will not be in attendance on Wednesday because I was asked to do the PA for senior night for the wrestling team. And I begrudgingly said yes, that I would do that. Uh, it's so, already senior night for wrestling? Apparently it is. December? I, COVID screwed everything up when it comes to senior nights. Now coaches just pick things willy-nilly. As to when they're going to have senior oh, night. You so know they'll I mean? do it like in December, even though you got six more meets left. Right. In the yes. Season. Gotcha. Yep. Exactly. So 
gonna do that. I'm gonna do that for them, and and uh, and yeah. So, like I all say, right. begrudgingly. Well, good luck with all that. Don't shock oh, yeah. yourself. Don't fall off the roof, Clark Griswold. <laughs> be being called in the chat right now. That would be bad. That would be very bad. All right. Hit the like button if you would on your way out. Subscribe, rate, and review, and all that good stuff yeah, baby. as well. Good one tonight. We will talk to you tomorrow on Ivy Nation Sports Talk. See you. Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.